This time on episode 487 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we discuss the season two, episode two of Loki, Breaking Brad. This podcast was recorded during the 2023 sag After strike. Without the labor of the actors currently on strike, the series being covered here would not exist. I'm Josh Liston from On the Bubble Podcast, an oral history of television fandom. Part of the Gunner Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows at GunnerGeekNetwork.com. You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a shield debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the SHIELD director. Now it's time for a scheduled debriefing. I'm Agent Michelle. I'm Agent Chris. I'm Special Consultant Anthony. And I'm producer of the show, Director SP. Welcome to Legends of SHIELD. The show is recorded on Saturday, October 14th, 2023. Live from the Legends of Shield studios and broadcast TVAY. Come and join our live chat as we record at gunnageek.com slash live. And if you didn't already catch on to it, we like talking about Marvel. Because of ruffled tuxedo shirts. If you would like to talk about ruffled tuxedo shirts with us, you should check out our website, Legends of Shield, and tell us which shows really need to wear. Start wearing those ruffle tuxedo shirts. You can talk about fashion on our voicemail. That's eight four four the bus one eight four four eight four three two eight seven one. If you want to show us your completely totally awesome ruffle tuxedo shirt, you should probably join up our Discord server at gunnageek.com/discord and share those sweet sweet ruffled pics. And remember. Legends of Shield is a proud member of the GunnerGeek.com network. I wore a ruffled shirt before. I'm never going to do it again. Just saying that. And we are welcoming Anthony back to the show from Capes on the Couch. It's good to be here. I apologize in advance for any coughing that occurs. I'm getting over a cold. And unfortunately, it's that situation where I feel fine, but the cough is going to remain for about another mm, three to six months. Let's see, it's the start of fall and you have kids. So of course you're gonna be sick. Of course. Yeah. 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 My my four-year-old loves to share things he finds with him at preschool, including all of the viruses known to mankind. And for those that might not know, might be joining us for the first time. Anthony is on a sister show on the gunnageek.com network called Capes on the Couch. You can check that out at gunnageek.com. We'll talk more about that later. In the meantime, I really want to talk about Loki. You guys want to talk about Loki? Yes. I mean, I suppose. That is why we're here, so let's do it. Right, right? That's... Okay. Let's convene. Here we go. Loki Season 2, Episode 2, Breaking Brad, premiered on Disney Plus this past week, two days ago, on October 12th, 2023. Michelle, what was the Disney Plus description? Breaking Brad. With the TVA on the verge of a temporal meltdown, Loki and Mobius will stop at nothing to find Sylvie. 
And we will stop at nothing to talk about, Sylvie. Chris, how do you like Sylvie in this episode? Is Sylvie even a character or is she just a MacGuffin that they're going after? Ooh, is she even a character? Ouch. She's like the main focus of the show. I know, but if you replace her with some book or a dog or something, they're just chasing after her. In this episode, I can understand there's something called the lampshade test. Where if you can replace the character with the lampshade and put a post-it note on it, you can achieve the same thing. And I can see when you take this episode into account, but I would have to go back to the beginning where the reason why Mobius and Loki are on the sacred timeline is because they are assuming that because X5 and Docs went dark, that Sylvie has regressed to her previous activities of killing time cops, if you want it, TVA enforcers. And they're assuming that Sylvie has gotten to X5, who we end up knowing as Brad, and they end up being wrong. So in this case, they're trying to find Sylvie Because Sylvie is the only one that they think will make agents go dark. But then X5 knows where Sylvie is. That's the only reason they find Sylvie is X5 knows where she is. After some creativity. (laughs) The torture. What'd you think about the torture, Anthony? I thought it was interesting. I I really liked that sequence with Loki and, and Brad and the box and the whole notion that, oh, they're. Mobius is locked out of the room. It's a jail cell. You can't open it from the outside. So that was kind of like a a clue that Brad didn't pick up on that something should have been amiss. But I like Loki like, oh, I don't know what this does. Oh, so that's how this works. Well, I guess we'll find out kind of deal. So I I thought that was a fun and inventive, you know, and and just kind of gave a good little insight into how this version of Loki is a little different than the version of Loki that we're more familiar with in the, the mainstream timeline. And added the facts that Brad has already gone on record saying, Loki, you're just a villain. You should keep being a villain. And Loki just leaning into that was so perfect. Yeah. I thought that was really, really well done. He's like, well, if I am as bad as you say I am, then I'm going to kill you here. So you should convince me why I shouldn't. Do you think, Loki really didn't know how to work it. I don't think he did. I think he was winging it when he got in there because Loki's not one to like take instructions on anything. So I think the plan was, hey, Loki, go in there, fool around with this thing. Don't kill him. You know, as someone who's played a lot of fighting games, I have learned that smashing buttons is the way to go and you get results. I think that's what happened here. I think he was just he was having fun once he finally figured out how to do it. By the way. For those that don't know, I am a Air Force veteran. And when I was in the Air Force, I did survival and prisoner of war training, resistance training. And one of the things, one of the tortures that they did for us was put us in a box. It was a wooden box. It wasn't this you know, TVA box. They put us in this box and then used giant screws to condense the sides on it to make it smaller and smaller. 
I got to tell you, during the entire time that I was in POW training, I didn't get uh, as much sleep as I did in that box. But if I was claustrophobic, then that would have been an issue. But the way I looked at it is they're not going to hurt me. I'm in training. This is not real life. So I just try to make myself as big as possible in that box. So when they condensed it, it wouldn't be so small. Right. And so I could still breathe. And I just fell asleep in there. It was the best sleep I got during the entire time. And Brad is convinced that none of the TVA existence is real either. So I'm surprised he didn't take a little bit of that same mindset for himself. Is he? Or was he just saying that because he knew he was leaning into what they believe? I mean, do you really think a villain could be an actor like that? What evidence do we have that Brad could act? <laughs> I think he was either placed there by Docs as a side quest for the TVA, or he really went AWOL and was able to, you know, find himself on the timeline. But he does bring up to Mobius. Hey, aren't you ever curious about where you are on the timeline? I think it's interesting. I wonder how long Brad had lived that life. Because in one instance, he's going off with Docs and then he lands somewhere in the sacred timeline. Certain amount of time has to pass because scripts have to get written and then casting has to happen. Then you have to have production. And then post-production, I know it's the 1970s, but it still took a good year to get a movie out. So I wonder, because they talked about his meteoric rise, he had to have done something. So I wonder, because when he saw Mobius, it's almost like I hadn't seen you for a long time. And it's really interesting how they're playing with the perspective of time. And I need to know if the character Brad was playing is a real thing from the comic book and i feel like anthony is the one that can finally answer this question for me or if they just made it up so zaniac brad wolf is a character from the comics he's he's a minor thor villain and he has some interaction with the tva in fact brad as zaniac is the first appearance of the tva in uh, the marvel comics as a result of I guess Zaniac traveling out of the time frame to attempt to kill Thor and uh, Justice Peace was a, a lawman from the future travels with the help of the TVA back to the 20th century to capture Zaniac and bring him back into the proper time frame. So it wasn't quite as uh, intricate as it is here in the MCU, but there are definitely a lot of uh, homages and nods to the character and the history of the TVA throughout, you know, the episode, like I said, in terms of, of Brad. So they, you know, and Zaniac being that the movie that he's in, you know, is, is a reference to that. So wait a minute, there's a possibility that Brad Wolf is actually an inhuman or a mutant that turns into Zaniac. I forget. Cause again, I, I mean, I just did like a, a cursor review. I don't believe Within the MCU, Zaniac is just the character that he's playing, is, is the role that Brad Wolf is playing in the movie. But in the comics, Zaniac is, I believe, this entity that takes over Brad Wolf, who was like a, a, a human. And again, I, I'm sure 
you know, comic fans will, will correct me if I'm wildly right. off base here, which I'm sure I am, but yes. Uh, so, so Zaniac is a separate entity who takes over Brad Wolf in the comics. Zaniac being the film role that Brad Wolf plays in this time frame is just a nice way to play off of that. So I tried to do some research into this. I did not like go into the Marvel comic databases. I just went to Google and I Googled Brad Wolf. Turns out there's a lawyer out there named Brad Wolf. There's also an inspirational musician out there named Brad Wolf. So I'm like, okay, this isn't a character at all. And I just went on my way. But this this is awesome to find out that this is actually comic book based. Yep. Yep. Everything. Well, not everything, but so many things are definitely an homage or a reference to the comics. So it's nice to see them pull from that once again, as you can see, you know, over my, my shoulder here on the live stream. <laughs> when they were capturing Brad. You know, the shadows behind Brad on the wall, Loki transformed them to his iconic signature, you know, the silhouette with the horn, the big horns and everything. And uh, Mobius was like, so is that a little over the top? And he's like, no, no, not at all. He's just having fun with it. If you're going to go shadows like that anyway, I mean, go all in, make yourself Loki, make yourself have fun with it. And oh just the shadows grabbing him and everything like that that was amazing and i loved it so anthony you weren't with us last week we were introduced to ob last week what do you think of the character what do you think of the actor i think it's a fantastic addition i think he really provides an insight into the tva i think every large organization like the tva or or certainly anything in real life has that one person in there that they're the only ones who are ultimately doing the work to keep things going. And that if they're missing or they're, they're somehow not working as well as they normally have, everything completely falls apart. So I, I absolutely love the, the character. And I just think that Kwe Kwan, uh, if, if I'm, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that, I think he's having this amazing, renaissance as as an actor and uh, when they they announced initially that he was going to be cast in loki season two i was like okay you know because he's hot and then he's in this episode and i'm like now i understand why and he just absolutely is is a joy to watch so i i i love every scene that he's in i don't want it to be overkill because i think he's it's very it's a balance you don't want too much of ob but but just enough that you understand that he's kind of the one that keeps the TVA from completely collapsing on itself, literally and figuratively. I think the real reason that he's so intent on trying to fix the temporal loom is so he can go back to the 80s and party with Thanos in Astoria. Okay. <laughs> For those that don't goonies. get to reference Goonies. It's a Goonies reference. Yeah. I uh, See, I've never seen Goonies. Um, <gasps> oh. It's- Look, SP, there's going to be yeah, a I time I, 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 when... Born in 1982, but I've never seen The Goonies. Even I've seen it, and I haven't seen anything. I've never seen The Goonies, I've never seen The Breakfast Club, 16 Candles, the, the entire... That whole thing, yeah. Just like, you know, I heard Die Hard being referred to as a classic 80s movie. It's happening, SP. It's happening. Yeah. Well, there's enough gray in my beard to say, yeah, it's happening. Absolutely. 
Brad, or should we call him X5? I want to come to a conclusion here. You know, he's changed from X5 to Brad. Are we going to call him Brad or are we going to call him X5? Brad. Yeah, I would like Brad. to respect. From this point, he's decided yeah. and told everybody he's Brad. So he's got to be Brad. Okay. So he's identifying as Brad. Brad is really needling Mobius about, don't you ever wonder where you're from? I think that's getting to him because I think he's starting to put two and two together. And I I swear before this season is up, we're going to get Mobius on a jet ski. It's going to happen. I think it's going to be a sea do myself. Okay, whatever. You know, a personal watercraft. How about that? You got to keep your copyright stuff correct. If last season it, they like did the Kleenex whole... as a tissue. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey, Mobius said it's branding. It's like it's not a Kleenex. It's a tissue. It's a jet ski. It's what it is. It's a perfect combination of fit form. I think something like that is what he said. I took the opportunity to view season one before I started season two. I don't know if you did that, Anthony. Yes, my wife and I did rewatch season one in like in the span of about three nights. So we, we were able to catch back up and refresh ourselves and not just rely on the 90 second, you know, recap beforehand, uh, which was really helpful. I think it's really helpful because we have no idea where Renslayer is right now. And if you're just coming into this cold, you might not even remember Renslayer from season one just because it's been like two years right so it's like what what exactly is going on with Renslayer? and we do get that tape recording in the previous episode that she and he who remains are actually working together but if you haven't seen season one or remember season one you don't get that the two were working very separately and they had a relationship that's come out but we haven't seen anything on screen and we have no idea where she is well, she's on a branch timeline. They did find her at the end, in a way. They got that ping from her time pad. Oh, temp pad. Yeah, it's a good thing they didn't accidentally prune the timeline she was on. For an organization that is sole purpose for so long has been to protect the sacred timeline. For them to be so aghast about the pruning that General Dox was doing seems a little out of point like all these millions of people are being murdered but are they or aren't they i'm still confused on that issue are the branch timelines are they real or are they not going to be real and carried forward i don't understand it depends on how you feel about any sort of multiverse we've seen dr strange in the multiverse we've seen spider-man across the multiverse how do you see the multiverse? How do you see all of these different branch timelines? How do you see all of these what ifs? Which what if is the so-called sacred timeline? Are we on a branch timeline? What is real? I would have to say your reality is what you perceive it. I am quoting something from something and I apologize that I cannot remember exactly what I'm quoting from. But this is what I perceive. I perceive myself right now sitting at home in front of a gray sheet. I'm in my in front of my desk. I'm on camera and I'm talking about Loki with three individuals 
this is my reality. I'm going to accept it and take it as far as possible. And I think that's what everyone on each timeline probably feels. I'm going to relate it here to people who don't eat meat for their ethical reasons. If you see all these people as, you know, they have a soul, they're real people, and you need to make sure you don't kill them, then yeah, it makes perfect sense that all of a sudden you're realizing that. Just like somebody who just has the realization at some point in their life, you know, animals have souls and are living beings, and we should probably not go around eating them. You know, it's you're allowed to change your views on things before maybe they didn't think about, maybe they didn't have enough information to know or make a good opinion on if any of these timelines that they were pruning had real people on it or not. And, you know, yes, we give people a lot of flack for flip-flopping and waffling around on issues, but you are allowed to take in new information and change your stance on things. It's just like, what is reality? You know, (laughs) like, what does it all mean? Like, what is real? What What is, am I real? Are you real? Is any of this real? Is this a matrix? Are we simulated? No, but I think, you know, pot and philosophy one-on-one aside, I think we've established based on the prior season that pruning doesn't kill them. It just sends them to that, the whatever at the end of time. So the fact that General Hux is, or Hawks or whatever her name is, is tossing timelines out the airy, you know, that's a Game of Thrones reference for those that, that may not have picked up on that, you know, I think is, it's nuts. It's nuts. And I think it just shows that We've already established that the TVA is clearly a broken institution. And she's like, I don't care. This is all that I know. And this is all that I have. And I'm going to stick with it. So we're going to enforce the rules, even though the rules are shown to be horribly, horribly wrong. Because it's what she has. It's General Dox, by the way, D-O-X, I think. Okay, I was getting, yeah, Hux is Star Wars. I'm- uh-huh. I'm getting over the cold and my brain is not braining. I like Docs better than Hux. I mean, Docs at least seems sane. Hux was insane, in my opinion, but that's just how I saw the character. Anyway, getting back to Loki, we get to see this great interaction between Casey and OB. And they're they're looking at the timeline, trying to, you know, fix it and whatever. And they bring up Miss Minutes. We'll talk about Miss Minutes in a second. But I'm really enjoying Casey in this, in these two episodes in the season so far. And I'm glad that they were able to lean into it. And then Casey pointing <laughs> out over Opie, can, can you autograph my book, please? Can you autograph the book? That was, that was just such a touching moment. And then, you know, brought right back by B-15. It's like, uh, excuse me, we need to fix this. We're about to die, apparently. Could you fanboy later thank you if there is a later but what else am i gonna have an opportunity to meet the guy who wrote the guidebook i love this book i've memorized it almost memorized it and i swear remember casey said he hasn't ever seen a fish i i swear he's going to be like a cod fisherman in real life when we find out because i do think at the end of everything we're going to find out what these people were before they were extracted from the timeline 
So, but I thought it was pretty cool. I'm glad they're leaning into it. It's the much needed comic relief when you're in the TVA was those two OB and KC. And I'm glad they just finally got together because it allowed the story to move ahead where you weren't like in this doom and gloom the entire time, because we, for two episodes now, three, if you count the finale from season one, you've got this looming timeline is going to collapse on itself, so to speak. And it's just nice to see some comic relief in all that to keep the story light enough so that, you know, SP doesn't get all depressed and like, oh no, what's going to happen? No. One of the things Kihu Kwan can do is make this even though he's comic relief, like I said before, he's seriously serious yet cheerfully optimistic at the same time. He has this perfect blend of not being over the top, chewing scenery in a way that's subtle. And that is hard to pull off. And somebody else, they really could have been like, oh, I'm just this nerd thing and like ooh, look at all these gadgets and all this type of stuff and just kind of be like goofy with it he's able to ground it in some in a way that makes this world realer than i think it's been like really makes the tva a lot more of a solid entity that's why i just love ob i just love the concept of ob i love how it was cast and the fact that we've got Casey, who was just a random person from season one, actually having this purpose, thinking he's on a secret mission, knowing the manual, probably being the only one in there who's actually read it and memorized it. I'm sure a lot of the others have read it, but he's really actually understood it on a level that probably others haven't. He's able to recognize immediately that augmented temp pad doesn't do what Brad says it does. He knows he's like, no, this does something else. I just hope that those two get to work more together. That's a team that I hope we get to see as the season progresses. Well, they're the ones technically who, or technologically rather, know what's going on and are going to be able to fix things. So I don't think we're going to be able to split them up. We need Miss Minutes back. Do we, though? Yeah, I don't know. She's evil. Is she? Yeah, I think she's Skynet. I'm pretty sure. I think she's going to roll in and her whole aspect of thing is to burn it all to the ground. Or is she just an AI that's being run by somebody and you don't actually need her. She's just the vehicle by which things get done. It's interesting. You know, in season one she prevented renslayer from getting some files so i don't think the two of them are on the same page anthony what about you they definitely at the end of season one the impression that i got was miss minutes was very much an agent of he who remains now that he who remains is not there anymore i was under the impression she was going to be subservient to Sylvie, at least because Sylvie is the one who, you know, eliminated he who remains. And it's like, well, you're the one in charge now, so to speak. So I'm going to fall to you. I don't think that's the case now, which leads me to question who 
she is following. Because I don't think she's doing a lot of this on her own. I don't think she has the capability to do that on her own. I think she's taking instructions from someone. I just don't know who that someone is. Oh, I thought she created K-E-V-I-N and was running all of Marvel. I think her and Renslayer are working together. All right, that's an interesting take. I, I, I don't know. I guess we'll, we'll find out. I hope we'll find out. Yeah, I think that was my point, was that the two weren't on the same page last season, and that, well, I mean, things could have changed, and they could find solace, mutual solace in each other of working together to do whatever it is they're going to do. I still don't know what Renslayer is up to. There's been no foreshadowing in that whatsoever. She just, like, left and said, I'm on my way out to see free, or find free will, and that was it. So I don't know what that means. There's nothing else out there to equate it to. There's no foreshadowing. There's no, this is what she's up to. I think we're going to see her next episode. I think we're going to see Miss Minutes next episode too. So I think we're going to get a little bit of resolution into what they've been up to at least. We'll see. I think we're going to find Renslayer at a Rush concert because she has found free will. Boo, boo, boo this man. Did Mobius exert his free will when he lost his cool? I wasn't expecting that. And I'm wondering if that's absolutely foreshadowing for something later on in the season. The fact that, you know, Brad was going after Loki and you could see Loki was really gritting his teeth and he's like, "Mm, I want to, I want to go. I want to go after you so bad. And then he's like, oh, you're just a small little man, you know, to, to Mobius. He's like, you're nothing. And, you know, what did you, what was your life before they, they took you? And that's what makes Mobius lose his cool. And I was like, hmm, that's seems a little interesting. I don't want to entirely say out of character, but it definitely, you know, kind of shows, you know, a, a different side of Mobius. One that, that we haven't seen before. The character is going to get to play around a little bit. And Owen Wilson is always been fun for me to watch. I know some people don't like him. I do. And it'll be interesting where his character goes, especially after showing that. But after that, they did go to the automat and were able to consume some pie. They went for key lime pie. It's not one of my favorites. It's Yeah, I don't like it. I'm with you, SP. I don't get birthday cake because I asked for key lime pie. Why do you have to ruin? I know it's your birthday, but you're going to ruin everybody else just because you want the key lime pie. Well, you know, when we actually have people around, we'll have cake and stuff. But for me, I get like three quarters of a key lime pie because I don't share. All right. Kaylee gets a little bit, too, because she made it so she gets to have some. I don't like it because it has, you know, just key lime has a twinge of sour to it. Now, ironically, I like Sprite or 7-Up or whatever, but key lime pie, I guess, just the thought of it, it's like, mm, my mouth is watering just talking about it right now, actually. Like, yeah, I prefer other, my favorite pie, if I'm just going to have a pie, like for my birthday, I'm going to have French silk pie. Not a bad pie. I'll give you that. What kind of pie? French silk. Have you ever heard of that? No, no, I have not. 
Oh, you guys need to do some <laughs> research into it. It's basically a chocolatey pudding with cream and uh, chocolate shavings on top. And you can get it in various different modes and, and it, you know, there's variations on the theme there. But yeah, a good French uh, soap pie. It's, I just called it a chocolate pie. I didn't know it had a fancy name. There's a fancy dancy name. And if you go to Baker Square, which I don't even know if they exist anymore, there's just various uh, variations even on that. There's like Snickers and there's, you know, different things. But yeah, I'm, I'm just traditional French silk pie. Although the 80s apple pie at McDonald's also has a few. I, I didn't like it all that much. It's not like I went out of the way to get it, but it was there. So, you know, the sugar in the apple pie really brings it forward. I've had actual apple pie before, by the way, which is, which is really good, you know, from real apples and you know, homemade and stuff like that. It's good. Definitely a lot crunchier or a lot chewier or whatever than you get from like the McDonald's stuff. It's okay. It's just not my favorite. So Michelle, what's your favorite pie? You're making me pick just one. <laughs> yes. So just pie. Yes. Okay. Got I it. mean, there's banana cream, there's coconut cream. I do like apple. There's pumpkin. I am someone who actually does like pumpkin pie with, you know, like whipped cream on it. Apple pie with vanilla ice cream. So there you go. There's my pie selections. Anthony, what do you feel about all that? She's my cherry pie. <sighs> that, that or an apple pie. Apple pie a la mode. Just hits the spot. I'm I'm a simple man, simple taste. I don't actually like, you know, pumpkin anything. And apple is the best thing about fall is you get the apple pies and the apple cider, apple cider over pumpkin anything. And hmm. then, you know, your French silk pie. That's too much chocolate for me. Too much, way too much. It's not rich. It's more of a light creamy chocolate and it, it still it, it's not uh it, it doesn't appeal to me but you know you yeah. do you boo boo so i'll just uh i'll stick with my my fruit pies you know like one I said, day uh, i'll have all of you over for kaylee's apple pie which made her mom stop making apple pie for the holidays because kaylee's is better i've heard this thanksgiving around here because the girls and guys in their life whatever uh they they we get like four or five pies for thanksgiving right cherry is the one that the girls like pumpkin apple if i have my way we have french silk yeah so we do various different pies for thanksgiving that's like pie day around here ironically not on pie day which is march 14th every year you know because of you know pie anywho yeah we get a lot of pie in this episode so you know it's good to have that discussion like where is everybody at key lime not my sort of thing but Chris likes it. It made me very happy. Well, and it's the only option available. If you look in the background. Oh, really? Yeah. If you look in the background yeah. of the episode, it's not just that there's pie. It's that it's only key lime pie is the only option available. I did not know that. Now I'll give you this. They didn't do the sweep around the entire room. So there could be a different wall with other pies, but it Fair. is a lot of key lime pie. That background wall is all key lime pie because they have good taste <laughs> that set reminded me so much of legion i don't know if any of you are also getting 
like Legion vibes using that 50s, 60s aesthetic as a futuristic motif? The interrogation room did it for me. Yeah. Yeah. The pie space, for some reason, I'm just like, that's so Legion. And Legion technically is not part of the MCU, so they might just be borrowing it. And But the set design from Legion was amazing. Anyway. All right. The last thing that I want to talk about personally is I think Sylvie's lying. I think she knows exactly what's going on. I think she's just playing it off. Like, Loki has seen her in the future. I think she knows that. She brings up that the future is not written. But I think she knows. Did you see at the end, she actually has the disc? No. Yeah, she has the, what, he who remains, that weird disc with, like, the lines in it and such. Oh, that he used to, to like, explain everything to everybody, his prop that he was using? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, she was holding that at the end of season one in his office, so I would expect you. Okay. So, yes, I do think she knows. Yeah, she knows a lot more than being employee of the month at McDonald's, which is the best product placement ever. I am sorry. Just have one of your main characters work at the restaurant, talk about the pie, talk about how easy it is to pack up and go. But my mom used to work at McDonald's and all those little stars that she has means she does a good job. I mean, she fills the straw dispenser before she's asked. That is definitely the sign of a good McDonald's employee. I was wondering if she was the manager. She will be. She keeps this up. I mean, she was worried about her worker. You got Eric, I think it was. You got a ride home. Driving a Ford truck. Yeah, I think Sylvie's holding back and we'll see what's in her back pocket as we go forward. And I still, you know, I went back to that episode one scene or Burroughs where Loki's getting the stick from behind and it is not her. So I'm curious. And I do believe that Loki himself was not the only one that was time skipping. I think she was too. So she knows what he's talking about, but that's, that's extrapolation on my part. What kind of shake do you think that Brad had? Was it chocolate? Was it shamrock? Was it vanilla? Did they have vanilla shakes in the 80s? I would say chocolate, probably. Partly because I want to go get a Frosty now, and chocolate is the only acceptable flavor. And <laughs> partly because the timeline that we're in, it's the 80s. I don't think they had too much choice. Uh, they did have shamrock shakes, though. I'd say it was either chocolate or vanilla. I'm pretty sure those are the only flavors available back then. Really? Yeah. All right. I think the shamrock shake is a 90s thing. Really? I remember growing up with that thing. That would have been oh, the really? 70s. Or, yeah. Okay. I'm going oh, no. ser- to search this. When did McDonald's introduce the shamrock shake? And survey says 1967. 1967. Wow. Wow. I also didn't see any shamrock type decorations up, so I'm just mm-hmm. going to stick with chocolate. Okay. Yeah, chocolate. 1967. Wow. That's even before me. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So any last thoughts, Anthony? We'll let you go first here. I just, I like 
that this ironically an episode centered on a minor character exposes some major character development for our leads. And I just really appreciate the work that was put in that even though so much of the episode was around Brad, we learn a lot more about Loki and Mobius and even Sylvie to some extent and some, some great character moments as well with, with Casey and OB just, I, I think, you know, a good episode that keeps moving the season forward and just continues to mine the depths of the, the characters. Michelle. I like how it just went right into the action of we need to find Brad. No really big setup, just a couple of lines and let's go find at the time X5. But now Brad had that great chase scene. He kind of felt a little, you know, like, oh, my gosh, they're chasing him. We saw him with Docs. What happened? And then we get to find out what happened. I like that. Chris? I think this show as a whole, and this episode really shows it, is just the Marvel writers getting things back out of the little dredgeness period that we had in some of the previous shows that we've looked at. And like before, we were saying, that Secret Invasion should have been a movie because it was just spread out too much. But this one, I'm thinking it should be a movie because everything is just going along so well and I don't want to wait for the next episode. I want it all now. (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking in terms of I don't know where this is going at all. I have no idea what the end game is supposed to be out of this and I think that they haven't really given us clues we don't really have the big bad for this season i've always said that docs i think was a MacGuffin bad guy and i think we have yet to see the actual bad guy it could be sylvia herself i don't know but i don't know where this is going and as i stated last time i have deep reservations on how this is going to apply to the rest of the MCU. I don't think it's going to at all. I think we're on a little side quest here to give Tom Hiddleston some kudos for doing a job well done over so many years. I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but I, I just see it going that way. So next time we're going to be talking about Loki season two, episode three. I do believe this is a six episode season. So that will be the halfway mark of the season. And in the meantime, tell you what guys, Let's all go to McDonald's on me. We'll get some apple pie and we'll get some shakes. Yes. Take your French fries and you dip it in the chocolate shake and you just enjoy. All right. Let's just hope the machine's not broken. (laughs) Which still happens today. Well, we were joined by Anthony from Capes on the Couch. Anthony, why don't you give us a little tidbit of what's going on with Capes on the Couch in your new season? So Capes on the Couch, we are a podcast. We talk about the mental health issues of comic book characters, and we use it to destigmatize discussions around mental health. We have switched to bi-weekly releases. So actually, as of the night of this recording, or the day of this recording, we're recording our next episode. This evening, we're live streaming it for the first time in a long time. 
uh, chatting with uh, friends of ours that are comic book creators. But you can find all of our episodes on our website, capesonthecouch.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, not X, I will die on that hill, threads and TikTok at Capes on the Couch. And uh, you can find us, uh, as I said, uh, pretty much all over social media. And uh, we'll be at a uh, we'll be at PoochCon Poconos on October 22nd. Uh, it's a convention. We'll be doing a live panel talking about Spike Spiegel from Cowboy Bebop. So check it out if you are in the Pennsylvania area. We'd like to take the time to thank everyone who listens to us, especially all the way to the end. We appreciate every single one of you. I would like to pre-thank Michelle for coming on Play Comics because we're going to find an episode where it works. I have some ideas that I haven't told her about yet. And if you're curious about what Play Comics is, then it's a show where I grab a guest and we look at video games based on a comic property and talk about how well those games represent that source material. There's going to be an episode out tomorrow as we record this. I have no idea what it is yet, though, because I haven't started editing. So. We'll see. A couple of important announcements. First of all, Geeks.Live is sunsetting. Apparently, the cost of keeping that renewed, that domain renewed, has spiked astronomically, as all .lives have been. So if you have used Geeks.Live to find us as we live record, live stream these episodes, use gunnageek.com slash live instead. Geeks.Live will probably still work for a year, maybe two, but that domain is sunsetting. So going forward, we will message gunnageek.com slash live instead. Then also the guys over on the Pop Break podcast, Alex, he and I spent at least an hour together talking about my coverage of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. coverage of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., particularly the fourth season. We were concentrating on the LMD arc during that fourth season. But we talk all about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the totality of it, how it differed from the MCU or not, and uh, just the phenomenon of the show and why it worked over other shows like Inhumans and Agent Carter. So you can find that. Uh, There will be a link in the show notes, but the podcast is called The Pop Break, and Alex and Bill invited me on for that. It was really fun. In the meantime, I'm looking forward to catching Loki episode three and then the marvels later on next month until next time i'm director sp i'm agent michelle i'm agent chris i'm special consultant anthony all right see everybody next time bye bye i'm hungry now me too i get to finish off my chili cheese fries after we're done i'm serious i'll take y'all out to mcdonald's yay chicken nuggies Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod, found at incompetech.com and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended.
So I don't know if you saw or not, but I was on another podcast talking about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, really? Yeah, the pop break. They are doing a historical rewatch, and they're taking large swaths of sections of episodes. And they were in season four, and they're like, well, we need a podcaster to come talk about how it was when it was actually airing. And <laughs> oh, God. The, the only person that they could find that was still actively podcasting was me. So uh, they asked me to be on. I was interviewed a couple of weeks ago and they published it a few days ago. Wow. I talked for an hour. So the podcast is about two hours and the interview section is normally 15 minutes, but they give me an hour. Ah, uh, linear television, waiting a week, having commercials. Such a different time. <laughs> I brought that up. It's, it was different. Live tweeting. Yeah. It's so hard to live tweet. Now. Yeah. I brought that up. It's like it's it's different. Fandom's different. Alrighty. Everybody ready to talk some Loki. Loki. Thor. Loki. Stuff. Okay, we're on the same page. I like it. Okay. Anthony, I know you know about stuff, but you know about things. I can. I sometimes know about things. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2013 through 2020.